Welcome to Lost Without Japan, a travel podcast about the life-changing experiences of exploring Japan and those moments we would be lost without. For your listening pleasure, allow me to introduce your very own Kanko Gaido, Michael. Welcome to this week's episode of Lost Without Japan, a podcast based on Japan and your Lost Without Moments. This is your director of travel for TKIC Studio Productions, coming to you with positive thoughts and excitement for your next journey to Japan, and once again, my own return next summer. I'd like to thank you for giving me a bit of your time today, and I truly hope that this podcast finds you in a good place or on the path to a better one, no matter how it may seem at this moment. My belief is that we can all use a beacon like this one in our lives to help guide us during these times, and my hope is that Japan, along with this show, will become that for you. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. If you're a returning Lost Without listener, thank you again for your time and returning once more. As always, the advertising I include with my show is done for free and is to help continue to promote the friends of the show that we've interviewed in the past. Let's start by getting ready for today's trip, which is an idea that came to me on my recent visit to Osaka before flying out of Kix or Kansai International Airport before returning home. So much focus is on what we do while traveling on vacation and all throughout Japan. But I really haven't noticed kind of just someone talking about what to do with your last day and night before you you end your time in Japan and return home once more. Today's ideas can be used on any vacation, though, and truly any location that you're flying out of, be it Japan or not. As, you know, friends of the show, Japan 2.0, like to say, you know, I do like to do my research and I recommend it for anybody. And I'm glad that this show gets to be a bit of that for you. Also, if you can for me, go ahead and reach out to the show. Just let me know how the new sound setup is going. I'm recording with a Tascam X8 as my interface. The one that is going to be used or in future trips was also used a bit uh, on this last trip and our following episode or is going to be one where you'll hear some sights and sounds of Japan and my time that was there, kind of getting used to using it and figuring it out. So I did lose a bunch of audio, uh, but what I did find uh, will transport you there and do so for those of you that are also flying from the States or Australia or Germany, wherever it is, for a lot less than current flight costs and packages go at this point in time. So, today's day trip episode will bring us to Izumi Sano on the outskirts of downtown Osaka. One nice thing about choosing this location is it's the fact that it's truly very close to Kansai International Airport or Kix. This location is a great place to save some headaches on that last day that honestly, you'd be unaware of if you haven't tried to make that trek from downtown Osaka to this airport on the day of your flight. And it's one that, you know, I've done from Tokyo to get out 
to our airports that are there and not had much of a issue, but I do, I do, I do, my friends, really concern myself about getting there late. So if I can be near the airport, um, I want to be. And with everyone still being super short-staffed and times taking you know, longer than they need to and flights constantly being changed even after you've checked in, I really want to be there and make sure that it can be as stress-free as possible. The closeness and lack of stress that this location will add to you is one great reason to make the last bit of your stay in Japan be this location, as it is just a 10-minute trip by train or by car. With all that in mind, let's start with some positive mental imagery, and let's imagine that we're all together getting ready for our return back home. As you join the group today, please remember to double-check you have all your luggage, passports, and phones with you before our group departs. You've made it. Today is your day where you're ending your journey in Japan, but we still have a few moments to take some deep breaths and journey along as a group together as we explore this wonderful country. For the purpose of our show, we are going to use December for rates for lodging, knowing full well that these will likely increase the closer to that travel date. And it, as always, the show's recommendation is if you do book somewhere, make sure that it is completely fully refundable and that you know what date it is that you have to do that by if it's 48 hours, a week and ahead to get your money back if your plans change because they will and they do. Remember, you can always reach out to the show at lostwithoutjapan at gmail.com or lostwithoutjapan on Instagram, just as two others did recently. If I can answer your questions or be any of assistance in our journey together when you're out and about traveling on your own, I'd love to be that for you and for new listeners of the show that said that they're starting from the beginning and making it way through the show's catalog. Hey, you made it all the way to this point. Congrats. Let me know when that, that, that was. And thank you, Spotify, for having the show appear more in searches for shows on Japan. As always, today's timestamp takes you directly to our talk on Izumusano in Osaka, Japan. The timestamp for the day trip talk for today will go in our show's Google document with information on past shows and links that can take you to either Spotify or Apple podcast so that you can listen to any show that you would like. Before we get into our talk on show recommendations for what I would do before traveling back home, I wanted to give a quick shout out to Road Bike Rental Japan, who provides a cycling solution to those wishing to go cycling or bike touring in Japan. With nationwide delivery options available, you can explore even more of Japan on two wheels and at your own pace. More details of all of the RBRJ services can be found at roadbikerentaljapan.com. Let's go into today's talk by discussing some drawbacks of leaving from Osaka or even directly from Tokyo as well to make that transition home just go as smooth as possible. To make the most of my time, I usually try to get 
to where I want to two nights and maybe like, you know, a full day before looking to leave. Now, for some of you, if you're there for a shorter time, this may just be the night before. But for me personally, I had never flown before this last trip out of Kansai International Airport. And even after arriving, I noticed how truly unenjoyable a trip it was to go from downtown Osaka to this airport. And there are worse experiences and things, but it is truly just not a straight shot. Um, the experience made me change completely how I went about leaving and even had me add an additional Airbnb for my lodging, regardless of already having paid for the others in advance and those being unrefundable. So I'm trying to save you here. My experience of leaving from Kix to get to downtown Osaka was kind of hectic and did not add much to an already just hectic day where you're stuck in a plane for a long time. So for you, you can avoid that cost <laughs> and, you know, just take some advice from the show and just listen to the recommendations for today's show talk. For those of you beginning your journey with me today, we're going to be departing from our Shinosaka station and we will end up getting out to Izumusano where you are still fully capable of hopping a train and going downtown Osaka if that is truly where you want to spend your last full day. Um, one other perk is that you don't need a JR Pass for any of these that we're going on for, which can really make a difference, especially with that price hike happening and you know, the potential to look more of just a regional pass or instead of getting the full pass, which we'll talk about at a later time for our show. Um, but one other thing I've noticed is when I look for flights, at least from the States, is that the cheapest airport tends to be Hicks, our one here in Osaka. And I truly feel that for a lot of people that are listening to the show, this is where you're going to be coming in or leaving for flights in the future. Now, that being said, if the prices are close, I would still very much recommend fl flying into Haneda in Tokyo first. And again, if you're not going to Tokyo or you have other, you know, places that you're going to in Japan, that may not be the case. But let's just say... You're going to be exploring a lot of Japan, your first visit, a return one, and Ada would be my first. And after going through Kicks, I really never thought I'd say this, but I'd recommend flying out of Narita instead, especially if the flight is uh, pricing and things are close. Um, now, Narita, for me at least, and for some of my others that I traveled with were, you know, it was really a more enjoyable airport to spend your time in as you're waiting for your flight. It's really was built as an international hub. And let me tell you, <laughs> there's really not much to do at Kicks besides visit a partial Starbucks, a convenience store, one restaurant, and because of construction that was going on, one bathroom. <laughs> Uh, for everyone that was in that area. And there's truly a huge lack of seating for people that are waiting to check in for your flight. There were like three different, you know, areas that you can go to. 
and there were definitely not an equal amount of seats. So a ton of people were sitting on the floor. There were not charging stations anywhere except for where those seats were. So, you know, I found myself before we were able to move and get a seat ourselves and some charging using some power banks that I had just set aside for the flight. And that could really end up impacting your time. So I'm going to recommend uh, for your flight out, if you're leaving through Kicks, uh, having one additional backpack ready just for your time at the airport so you're not stuck without entertainment. Um, you know, th it, it matters. And for those of you flying out of Air Canada, the USB ports uh, on the plane did not work with third-party cords, so you need to actually have uh, whatever device it is, uh, be it Samsung or Apple, like a legitimate cord uh, from them and not a third-party one, as it didn't charge my device, didn't connect, do, didn't do anything it wanted unless I was using those actual uh, cords. On top of that, Narita has way more shopping and dining experiences when you're in that terminal area. In fact, it has one of my favorite uh, baseball card, or not baseball cards, but baseball shops where you could buy jerseys and hats that were meant to fit uh, someone from overseas. So for that, your Kansai International Airport, you're truly limited even getting past security. I was kind of hoping once we were there that once we got past this wait area that seemed more like a local airport, honestly, uh, just like a regional one, not international. I'm like, okay, at least when we get past all of these gates and things like that, it's gonna get better. And it really didn't. Uh, there were some vending machines. Uh, again, your locations of charging um, areas for your phone and things like that were again limited and uh, the amount of things that you had to choose from if you're looking to eat or just enjoy a drink or something uh, just wasn't honestly what you would think it would be. For those of our travel group that are leaving out of Osaka and coming in from elsewhere by way of Shinkansen, you're going to end up passing through Shin Osaka Station. From Shin Osaka Station to our choice in lodging for today is about an hour trip by car and much the same by train. One might make the mistake that when you're an exit at the Namba stop and you're following the route, either through your Apple Maps or Google Maps, is that you're already at the correct station and you start looking for that Nankai line that'll take you the rest of the way to Kansai Airport. However, this is not the case and you'll have more than a five minute walk along with uh, <laughs> some sizable flights of stairs to get to where you need, which leads you the very real possibility that you'll end up missing that train that's intended for you by your mapping program. Now, this can add some stress to your day, and I really want to avoid that. So just plan on missing that next, uh, you know, you know, train for you to get on and kind of just rerouting once more uh, once you've actually made it to the following train station and just going from there. As we usually do, we will start off by stopping at our lodging for today and then get into what we'd like to do potentially uh, before leaving after a long trip. At this point in my trip, I am all about things being stress-free. So I look to get as close as possible to the train station 
which is as close as possible to the airport while still leaving me some things to go so that my departure can go as quickly as possible. At this point in my trip, I'm not looking to walk any more than I need to as my travel backpack and my purchases are, you know, have been carted with me, you know, for way longer than they probably should have. I'm going to go ahead and share my choices for Airbnb, uh, which can also be through many different booking sites for the last leg of my trip, and give some pluses and minuses to both of them. If you're not traveling in the middle of the hottest time of summer, one is a clear winner for me. Also, if you're looking to save some money at this point in the trip, I'll give you a recommendation for this as well with the latter honorable mention today's talk section. For the Airbnb recommendation that I'm going to talk about, I will also include links for the show notes uh, for these that you can see uh, below. Our first is labeled Private Shower and Toilet Guest House Izumi uh, Room and is hosted by Win Zhang. I had the first floor room, which had two beds and was only $33 a night for a total of $80 for two nights, which was just super reasonable. A lot of times you go different places and they have like a cleaning fee tacked on that is some sort of like outrageous, sometimes larger than your per night fee, but it was $8 and there was a $10 Airbnb fee. $18 of that $80 I charged for two nights uh, were those. And I used the middle of December again to check those. You can possibly look to be booking directly with the location as well and avoid Airbnb altogether through their WeChat ID, which is D is in dog, the number three, underscore, one, two, two, four. Or check bookings and other travel sites as well. That being said, Airbnb was a little cheaper than the others. For my stay, I did have a private attached shower and restroom, but the house is shared with others, rooms being much what you'd expect, kind of in a style of a regular hotel, just out of a home. Communication was on point, super friendly, and even allowed me to check in a little bit early. One tip is that after putting in the code they gave you, the door handle needs to be pulled a bit toward you after you turn the knob to unlock it. I'm sure all of you listeners are fully capable of figuring it out on your own, but let me tell you, me, after the heat of this trip, took me a little bit longer than normal. The owner would also meet you there to show you everything that is needed, but I arrived a little bit before they did, and they let me know that my key was inside the sliding door for my room on the right of the wall. Directions were available with translation for AC, and I was overall very pleasantly just surprised that this experience um, was what it was, and only an eight-minute walk from Izumi Sano Station. If you're not like me, wanting to feel like you're stepping into a freezer, that when you go to bed at this location, you're going to be perfectly fine. Um, as much of the AC in Japan is just at the same level, uh, you know, in the air conditioner's defense, it was over 100 degrees Fahrenheit every day I was there. And I wasn't uncomfortable. It just wasn't, uh, you know, that sub-freezing temperatures I normally look for. Uh, so... Honestly, though, uh, this is a great place to look for and look to stay. Super friendly. 
and um, was exactly what I was looking for at this point in the trip. Now, it may sound truly weird, but one of my favorite things to do is to have my clothes be clean when I return home so that all I need to do is take them out of my travel backpack and put them away in my travel drawer for next year or back into my normal rotation for my normal areas that I keep my clothes at home. Honestly, the last thing I want to do after getting home after a long trip and long flight is to do much in the way of laundry. Luckily, there's a very clean laundry mat nearby with AC and a spot to sit with a space for your laptop and outlets for charging. For you sneakerheads, there's even a washer and dryer just for shoes. In addition to two washers, two uh, like dryer options that have like that washer dryer combo, um, the 15 kilogram option is about 10,000 yen. And the 27 kilogram wash was 700 with you then having to take advantage of the various dryers they have. Um, you could even wash and you know clean your futon if you happen to live in the area. I would recommend bringing your own 100 yen coins though and not doing a point card unless you're planning on returning back uh, during the second half of your trip or the following year. I started saving 20 100 yen coins in my security pouch for use throughout the, my trip after going back. I'd really hope that the Suica card or Passmo card would be more in effect uh, for different things like your luggage and stuff. And although it was sporadic, cash is still king when it comes to this. And you really don't want to have to try to make change. The drink machine that was nearby, I had hoped I put in a 10,000 or I should say a thousand yen note expecting my coins change to come out in 100 yen coins, but was quickly disappointed when it was a 500 yen uh, coin that came out, which again would not work for the laundromat. So um, even though there was a sign for no eating, I did drink my water while I was there, but waited to eat till after I left. One other nice spot about this location is the drugstore, which reminds me of a larger Walgreens or CVS back stateside, where you can get drinks, food, alcohol, snacks, and such without having to walk far at all. Hours are a plus as well, especially if you're coming back from downtown Osaka as they are open from 9 a.m. to midnight. The store was truly very clean and it had a very large parking lot. One other place worth visiting is a bit of a walk, but a great place to stop at for last minute gifts. And they have a food court, which was being enjoyed by families. And in order to get all of these different things, we're gonna hit Ikora Mall Izimusano, which is around a 16 minute walk from our lodging and is open from around 9.30 a.m. to 10 p.m. It is not a huge mall, but it is decently sized and offers a variety of shopping options. It truly does feel like a go-to area for people in the area to socialize or even to take your mom for a nice dinner. The food court had a McDonald's, a Mr. Donut, a KFC, a crepe shop, and more. Most of the activity for the mall, though, and interactions with others seem to be occurring on the first floor of this location. I walked around the second floor feeling like not too much was going on, I was able to find my mom some nice makeup, however, and I did enjoy walking through the bookstore, 
the pet store and some different clothing stores uh, and some 100 yen shops. Although the food options may not be exciting, it may be ex exactly what you're looking for when you're just looking to get something quick and more familiar um, as you're looking to get ready before you leave. The parking lot is huge, so if you drive, it can seem like a bit of a maze, so just heads up as you're going through it. Um, you know, just pay close attention. Uh, the, the routes and things that they had you going through just didn't uh, flow, in my opinion, in the way that you necessarily would think they would. So with that, we're going to make our way to another lodging option I took advantage of in the area, and it was a great record and CD shop a noodle shop, both of which were truly foreigner friendly. And then we'll get on to our honorable mentions. Kura Hotel Easy Musano can be booked through the travel site or Airbnb. This is much closer to what you'd expect from a regular hotel, except there's no front desk. Um, all check-in is done through messaging. And if you go, you consider uh, the elevator if they tell you about with the code is actually in the back of the building. And it's almost in this kind of like uh, alleyway-ish parking lot. Doesn't look like it belongs to the hotel area. So uh, if you come in from the front of what you would expect, all you're gonna find is stairs. So if you want the elevator and you're further up, uh, come in from the back. There are a few positive reviews on this location, but during my stay, in the rooms that I had, there was a strong mildew smell. If it hadn't been for that, I and it would not have been, you know, too bad for one person or two people to kind of share a bed with. Some rooms uh, do have four single beds as well. But honestly, when it comes to the end of the trip and you've been traveling with friends, just splurge and get your own rooms and have some space so you can get a good night's sleep and relax before being stuck in a plane or airport the following day. No other reviews mention this, so it may just be my one-off experience or the rooms that are owned by another individual. Um, maybe it's a you know group that might own a couple. So I would really look to book directly through the different travel sites and avoid the Airbnb for this instance, uh, just in case it wasn't uh, the one off for the, the room that I had and it's just something that that one has, the others don't. Um, like I said, no other reviews mention this mildewy smell. Uh, so the location is also right next to Izuminisano Station, um, out the back kind of, and you'll end up uh, having a super short walk to get there. Bookings online go for around $65 to $80 with taxes um, a night. I will include the link for uh, the uh, like web address for like Google Maps and things like that in our show notes for this. And I like I said, I just recommend going through whatever booking option you feel more comfortable with if you look to take advantage of this one. Next, we're going to move to our journey to Superstar Records, which my son and I absolutely fell in love with during our trip. This location is cash only and open Wednesday through Sunday, 3 p.m. till midnight, though times may vary according to those days. If you're into records or CDs for a variety of Japanese music and for a wide range of times from like current releases, this is the place for you. 
My son was even able to find a very rare album for a Japanese group that he likes called The Fishmen that he wished he had found earlier in the trip when he still had that amount to spend. That being said, there's not much space and some of the aisles were impossible to squeeze through. So I definitely plan to come back next summer, but I would for sure leave my luggage and my backpacks back in my room before looking to enjoy this so I could try to move as freely as I could at this location. This is not altogether an uncommon experience in Japan with record stores, but for some of you, it could be a deal breaker. The owner did not speak uh, English, but we were able to Google Translate and find things. Um, he was just more than happy to pull things for you uh, and you know, kind of go from there. But definitely worth a check out. After that, we were ready for some food and wanted a good noodle dish from a non-chain location before we left. And we were happy after we had dinner at a unique uh, ramen noodle shop that offers their own take on ramen. I'll include in our Google Maps save for today's episode in the show notes this location. A perk is that the location is very near Izumu Sanu Station as well. There's a sign that says Unaki Born Pork Bone Ramen. If you use Google Translate as well, and the noodle shop is uh, Japanese. In order to find the location, though, there's a large glass sliding door, and it's the third location on your left if you're walking towards the very cool-looking REF Vessels Hotel building that apparently just opened pretty recently. The lack of an English sign, though, in no way will hinder your experience, as we had a wonderful meal, and they even had an English menu. The only request of this establishment is that everyone that comes in has their own separate noodle dish. Prices were very reasonable and serving sizes were very filling, with the most expensive bowl being around 1480 yen or around $10. Sam said that the karaage we had there was his favorite in all of Japan, and that's saying something because we had a lot during our time there. In the end, for most of these Musano on the outskirts of downtown Osaka might end up being an afterthought when planning your next trip to Japan, but I hope that you'll see the benefit of staying here and start you know, thinking of some activities you might want to do as you wind down from your time in Japan. If you're there for our honorable mentions, this is what we're going to be going on to next with our, again, kind of a day trip. What to do at the end of Izumisano. I would recommend this area for you in this, but an additional lodging choice will be the before mentioned REF or Rifukan Kuizama Sano by Besser Hotsunzu. One bit of heads up is that when checking out, you need to drop your key off on the third floor and then take an elevator back down to the first floor where you will exit. The location is conveniently located right outside the ticket gate of Nankai Izumisano Station and the east exit. This location just opens so everything is clean and new, which can be a plus for your stay. If you do intend to make sure that you have the opportunity to not miss out on the 12th floor view of the area, and there's also water and coffee and tea services from 2 p.m. to 11 p.m. Booking directly through the site at this time looks to be the cheapest option with the site 
being available in English and Japanese. There is a discounted booking option if you're 60 or older, where you end up can also select a family breakfast plan, a later checkout than normal, and um, some options as well for if you're staying with younger children. There is the option to wash laundry on premises, an ice machine, Wi-Fi in your room, uh, massages, a sauna, and paid parking for those of you that are fortunate enough to drive. Important times begin with check-in after 2 and check-out after 11 a.m. Plan on using the translation app if necessary and rest assured. Payments for the room can be made uh, outside of cash with MasterCard, Visa, American Express, and JCB pricing beginning around $70 and going up depending on the number of people that you're staying with and what other options you choose to add on. Feel free to check these out on their website, which I will include in our show's notes. If you're looking to relax with a nice cup of coffee and have a great breakfast, I'm going to recommend Sakura Coffee Izumisano. There are tables for four, as well as counter seats for those of you that are looking for a single or just two people looking to sit next to each other. All of this comes with a great view of the courtyard, and that might just be what brings you back more than even the food and the coffee, which I think would do it on their own. The pictures of all of it that's there look absolutely splendid and definitely worthy of making others jealous of your pictures. Breakfast is served starting at 8 and until 2 p.m. with last orders 30 minutes before that. Do realize that items will sell out and become unavailable. So if you have your heart set on something you see in that menu, you'd want to visit earlier than later. There are some homemade donuts, many different breads, eggs, ham, hot dogs, egg sandwiches, and more. And you can add all of these uh, add-on meals for just an additional 400 yen or $2.75, with coffee and tea being around 500 yen per cup and juice and other assorted drinks for around 650 yen. If you happen to have the pleasure of celebrating your birthday in Japan as well, you can even buy a cake here to celebrate the occasion, but the price is not an inexpensive one, with the most expensive being around 6,500 yen or $44. But, you know, when you think about it, a cook cake made for you versus one that's just bought um, at a local store, you know, price isn't as bad the more I think about it. Pricing varies according to size, of course, and type of cake. So look through the store's website, see what they have. And you could have one amazing dessert experience for yourself and a happy early or belated birthday to you, depending on when you're listening. For those looking for a bit of relaxation, you can head down to Donbara Park and Cemetery. I know this may seem like a bit of an odd add-on, but this is more than just a cemetery. There is a park, a playground, and an area to Let's see a lot of people taking advantage of to picnic and seems to be a popular place to bring your dog or view some cherry blossoms. And for me, it's really kind of the closest option you have to get some greenery uh, for yourself before heading off. And for those of you that that matters to, this is a great location for you. Now, for those of you that are looking to get a bit further out and really relax before leaving, you want to give yourself probably an extra day and night uh, tacked onto what you normally would 
So you can look to have a really fancy looking breakfast, American style at Kazakuka Ibuki Village. Pricing really varies, ranging from smaller, still truly unique looking tents. This is glamping, my friends, at its best, with a sofa style bed, AC, wireless, Wi-Fi, and barbecue for $290 US for two people or $167 for one. If you'd like to quadruple the size of the room available for you, you can, my friends. Even have a private external bathroom, have all of that for $439 for two people or $818 for four. If you want a family room with a sauna, you can even have that for $610 for two people or $1,153 for five. If you're traveling in a group or just want to have a unique and pleasurable experience, you could do a lot worse than this. And I think, you know, after looking at all these different pictures, if I was going to camp, camp with AC, you can, you know, combine uh, buses and trains to get out to this location, but be prepared for quite a bit of a walk to your actual glamping tent from where you check in at. For those of you driving, this is a non-issue, but for those of you that are coming up again by that route, be prepared for a bit of a walk, have that water, stay, stay hydrated. One last thing though is that the AC that they're talking about is for the main section of your tent only. So if you have some baths or other add-on areas like restrooms or things, those will not have AC. And if you're at the dead of winter or summer, uh, this can really impact your enjoyment of those extra add-ons. So just be, something to be aware of. With that being said, let's bring our show's talk for the day to an end. Please give a follow, a like, and comment on your favorite streaming service. For updates on the show, feel free to give a follow on Instagram at Lost Without Japan. If you've enjoyed today's show, feel free to support the show by buying a Kofi or joining the show's Patreon. Thank you, my friends that are currently the Patreon members. You're part of the reason that I have this Tascam X8 hooked up for today's show. Please let me know uh, how it sounds. And as I kind of get it dialed in, I'm going to look to keep on improving the sound quality. Our last advert for the day is Japan Tour Adventure designed for you to get off the beaten path by walking and exploring the Kansai region of Kyoto and Nara and Osaka. There's some authentic travel packages that they have that you can enjoy local art, food, and drink with sustainability. It's great for solo travelers, groups, families, and your friends. They are waiting for you. Visit their website at japantouradventure.com. Looks like we are ready to call it a night before we begin our next adventure as we, you know, leave this about to leave section and continue our journey of Japan. So on behalf of Lost Without Japan and its entire crew, I'd like to thank you all for joining us on this trip and we look forward to seeing you on board again in two weeks for our next episode. To everyone out there, oh ginky day, stay well my friends. Song of the show is by one of my favorite artists, Scandal. And is their song, Shunkan Sentimental. Enjoy, my friends. Talk to you soon. Bye.
星が。